Hello and welcome to episode number 49 of Investing from the Beach. I'm your host, I'm Chris Hansen, and I've got my hey guys. Co- <laughs> 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 I've got my co-host with me today, Mr. Gotta Jump the Gun, Chris Lamb. <laughs> hey guys, it's Chris Lamb here. I'm, I'm excited to talk about the, the topic we have tonight. <laughs> So maybe we should just jump into it, and then we'll do the introduction at the end. Yeah, yeah and then you, you can you can handle the disclaimer when I uh, you know hang up. <laughs> if you're new to the show, first time listening, we're laughing because uh, we're actually recording this very early in the new year. And when we did the first run, Chris said, "Hey, happy new year!" And I went, "No, we don't want to put anything in there that makes it sound like we're timestamping it." And so now I'm saying we're timestamping. He's like, "Come on, let's just go. Let's just go." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you're first time listening, um, the two of us met at uh, at IBM. I've got about twenty, almost twenty years on Chris. We were both in sales. Uh, he joined IBM a year or two before I left. So as as he was trying to find his way into the door, I was trying to find my way out of it. We both hit time freedom via the stock market. Uh, time freedom, big difference between that, and you'll hear a lot of people talk about financial freedom. Time freedom, uh, financial freedom is where you possibly don't need a job anymore and you've got some other outside interests that are generating income for you, whether that's real estate or selling stuff on Amazon or some small business you've got or whatever you've got going on. The difference on time freedom is that it takes little to no time to generate income. Um, And that's what we do. That's what we prefer. We've done it through the stock market. We've taught lots of other people how to do it. And it is an awesome spot to be. So whatever path you're choosing to pursue, Real estate, you know, selling trinkets and trash on Amazon, um, stock market, any other endeavor you want to pursue, by all means, go do it. I will tell you that time freedom is an incredible place to be. And once you get there, you will do everything in your power to stay there. And if you, if for any reason, either one of us had to go back to work, it wouldn't be long before we would be back out and back into the freedom zone. So what we all that stuff that you mentioned uh, about selling stuff on Amazon or whatever it is, that that doesn't get you to time freedom. It does not. It absolutely does <laughs> yeah. not. So for those who think, you know, hey, this, there's there's a lot of method to get to time freedom, there actually isn't a whole lot. No. and Or yeah. people go, oh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go blog. I'm going to go live in my Volkswagen van and drive across uh, third world countries and write travel blogs. That's still work. You may, you know, you may get a chance to go out and see the world, but you're still having to be committed to a, uh, some sort of a, a self-employed gig to do that. That is not what we're talking about at all. And so let's go back to the intro. So we met at IBM, developed a great friendship and relationship over the years. And <clears throat> when we left, we both realized that what it took uh, to get to this point, we've had tons of discussion about it, is not the cookbook. It's not the rules. And it's not the mechanics, not the how to do. That's a very small portion of it. It's an important piece, but that is overall maybe 5% of what it takes. The other elephant in the room that nobody wants to address and deal with is the how to think. That's about 95% of the equation, and that's what we talk about in this podcast, is the how to think aspect of getting to time freedom and remaining in time freedom. It's, it's funny you mentioned the, you know, selling stuff on Amazon. <clears throat> we are, since we said we're not going to put a date on this, we are recording this early in the new year of 2019. Over the holidays, I had a chance to um, chat with various people at various Christmas parties and like. And one guy in specific came up to me and was saying, wow, I'm, I'm really, really interested in business. 
and his job is in dealing with government and governmental relations stuff. And I just kind of smiled and listened, and it, it was I probably scared him away because I was over the top excited to say, "Oh, go read this book and go read that book and you know all this other stuff." You know, his one of the things he talked about was you know buying something cheap on Amazon and selling it for a little bit more price somewhere else. And I heard then I thought, you know, it's, I'm thinking to myself, it's a great place to start, and that's how you learn, and you want to fail so that you learn. But it's hard not to, you know, push somebody quickly down the path and say, no, 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 here, you know, here's what you're going to run into. Go look at, you know, go look at this instead, or go look at that instead, or watch out for this. And you just got to let somebody go. It's kind of like having a kid. You got to watch them kind of mature at their own level. Did they have any experience doing this before? Uh, no, no, zero. Mm-hmm. So along those lines, one of the other discussions people are coming up is <clears throat> since I, I guess we do have to kind of timestamp this because as we're speaking about this now, you know, there's big debates in the financial pundits as to whether or not we're in a bear market. Mm-hmm. You know, the market's been coming down nicely and providing lots of fun opportunities uh, for profit as we go through this. And so we I, thought, I was thinking about the timestamp earlier, but then I, I said, well, well, we'll let you talk through and then you realize it was timestamp itself. <laughs> <laughs> so we always joke. One of us is smart. You know, we both have the name Chris. One of us is smart. One of us is good looking yeah. and he's showing his wisdom and brilliance. So you can tell which one of us is the good looking one. <laughs> of the Pendulum is swinging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It does have a habit of doing yeah. that, doesn't it? Yeah. Sometimes one of us shows a lot more intelligence than the other one, and sometimes <laughs> just, and the gray the gray hair makes you better looking. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then other times, like, well, all right, if you're going to be the smart one, then I guess I get to be the good looking one. <laughs> yeah. So it works out pretty well. Um, but with that, the market has been volatile of late, and some people are freaking out, and there are others others of us that are just rubbing our hands and having a blast with this kind of stuff. So maybe the first thing we want to talk about, we thought we would talk about in this episode is basically the bear market. What is it? How do you recognize it? How to think? How to operate? Et cetera, et cetera. A whole bunch of topics around that. First thing we should start off with is if you're brand new to the stock market, what actually is a bear market? And in simple terms, you know, we either are in a bull market or a bear market. And if you don't know what that means, bulls have horns on their head and when they fight, they, they raise their head up. And bears have claws or claws on their paws, I guess you would say, or talons, whatever the right word is, and they squat down. And so bear markets generally, or with a bear squatting down, that implies a bear market is the market's going down, a bull market is one that is going up. And so that's an overly simplified term. So bear market is one that is going down. That's where that um, terminology comes from. And then they, uh, I think the industry has a technical term where the market has to drop like 20% or something. Correct. Before it's it to be classified as a bear. But. Which is nutty. So if you, you know, if we've had an 18% drop, you can say, well, mm-hmm. people are a little freaked out, but it's not really yeah. a bear because we have 2% more to go, which is asinine yeah. in my opinion. But Or 19.9%. Yeah. So we're not quite there yet. <laughs> not a bear market yet. Yeah. And all these people arguing about it yeah. and that. So, but I would say. So the definition is irre- irrelevant. Exactly. It's just recognition, <clears throat> recognition of. What the, direction what the market is doing yep. uh, is more important. So, Chris, regardless of what the pundits say, would you say we're in a bear market? Oh, yeah. Yep. And how long would you say we've been in one? Uh, for at least months. Yeah, probably two. Three, yeah. yeah. I mean, we uh, peaked, peaked uh, out in October. October. And, 
you know, normally you could see a market decline in October. That's common. You know, not not you can see that. Mm-hmm. But uh, generally, you're not going to see the market decline in November, December. Correct. And uh, we did here, so you're seeing the bear market kind of take place, and it's kind of unfolding. We're starting off the new year. You get to kind of see that. Um, but but yeah, the bear market's been there for for months now. Um, you know, and what's interesting was uh, because you, you're seeing it on the charts, you kind of see it and. And then months later, the the all the experts, right? Uh, they come out and say, "Ah, oh, we're we're in a bear market." Yes, because we're hitting that twenty percent. Say, all right. So I thought I, I don't. You and I didn't talk about this in our in our pre-show stuff. Did you happen to see CNBC? It was either it might have been yesterday, within the last couple of days. <clears throat> they had a guy on there. I don't remember his name. He had this very sick French accent. He was some analyst uh, in New York, but this incredibly thick French accent. Did you catch this guy? No. And he apparently had come on CNBC back in August and had made a, a call that said Apple was going down. So I guess back in, in August, he was calling the top of Apple. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you go look at a chart, it ran a little sideways, and then it fell. Mm-hmm. Now, I was chuckling at it because if you go back and listen to two episodes ago when, when Chris was in Vietnam, <clears throat> one of the things he talked about was he had shorted Apple when he first left. And that, when did you go to Vietnam? Was that was early November? Or was that uh, October? I left uh, like late October. Late October. Like, like, yeah. And so, and you had already been shorting Apple coming down prior to that for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And then, so it just made me laugh when they have this guy on TV saying, hey, you made a great call that Apple was falling. Like, you know, he he was a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, I guess, you know, technically we have you on record cause you were saying way back in whenever it was October when you were going mm-hmm. out to Vietnam that you were short. So mm-hmm. maybe CNBC will call you. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I know why you're saying that is because I'm the good looking one and you won't look so good on TV. That's the concern. Oh, yeah. Well, when they, when they call me, I'll have you be the face. <laughs> <laughs> And they'll, they'll say, how come that white guy, and, and put, do do me a favor, put on a really thick Vietnamese accent? Yeah. And they'll go, how come that guy sounds like <laughs> he's yeah. from Vietnam? <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's get off the racist track here. <laughs> We're going to go down here really quick. Anyway, back to a bear market. You, you, your, your neighbor, your backyard is a... Uh... Yeah, There's a bunch of Vietnamese. Yeah, exactly, uh, Vietnamese. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, great. Oh, what was the other thing about um, another life lesson as we're talking about this? Uh, right around Christmas, I ended up, I, just before Christmas, I got a touch of food poisoning. Had gone to a Vietnamese place and I had the salad with steak over it. And it was a pho place. And I called, I talked to Chris a day or two after Christmas. Said, yeah, how was the holiday? I said, well. You know, it was interesting. I had uh, spent a little time in bed and, you know, a little time in the bathroom as it was uh, food poisoning was making its uh, its gracious and, you know, known exit. And he got in my case. He goes, where'd you go eat? And I said, oh, some pho place. He goes, see? And Chris, what's your lesson? Well, when when, when you, you said you went to the pho place, I figured you didn't eat, you, you ate, you know, something and not pho. <laughs> <laughs> Say like, what? What did you eat? Oh, I had some uh, filet mignon over oh, salad, <laughs> cubes or something. Yep. And I was like, okay, it's kind of like going to a steakhouse. Can I have some pho? Yeah. And yeah. 
So you go to a Vietnamese place, you do not want to order a piece of steak. <laughs> Especially when the restaurant says pho. <laughs> your, less, your, your message to me for years is always going, hey man, if you go to a pho place, you order pho. You don't order anything else. <laughs> it says on the sign what they do. They do pho. You don't trust them for <laughs> anything else. <laughs> if they say they do noodles, then you order noodles. You don't order pho there. You order noodles. Or, or next time you get a chance when you drive by any uh, uh, the Asian grocery stores, mm-hmm. go to the meat section. Okay. And then you know you, that's why you don't eat meat there. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, ne- I never buy my meat at the Asian markets. And the reason is it's not fresh? It's not... Oh, yeah. It's just the way it's handled. The way it's just, you know... Um, you see, it looks like a, a butcher room right there. Like you're in the butcher room. You sent me the, I, I should, if, you know, and we don't have a, we're not the most, at least I'm not the less, most technologically savvy guy and I don't worry too much about it. You sent me the best picture from Vietnam. Oh yeah, <laughs> it that's was, right. Um, <laughs> it was his wife holding his, do- how old's your daughter now? Year, year and a half. Uh, so when, when she, when we were there, yeah, she's, she's two-ish, like two, you know, two in a few months. Okay. And we'll go ahead and tell uh, the story. Oh yeah. I just sent uh, Chris, when I was over in Vietnam, we went to a, uh, grocery store and this is more upscale and you know it's already modern it's in you know a big city ho chi minh it looks like costco Uh, from the yeah yeah it's the place is huge it's this massive looking warehouse yeah it's very americanized you know very uh modern it's um and so we went in and (laughs) then right in the middle of the store is, is is a big you know butcher table and you got this big old pig you know, on top of it, <laughs> all skinned. Right? No, it was half skinned. That's a funny. Yeah, it was half skinned, and uh, and then my, I guess my daughter, she doesn't really, you know, she's never seen something like that before, so she probably didn't even really pay attention so much to it. Um, but what's interesting too is, you know, uh, she likes that show Peppa Pig. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so I sent Chris a a photo with her and my wife is holding her and they're standing in front or behind them was, you know, the, the, the pig that, you know, they're, they're, they're cutting up. Yeah. The guy's but right basically there. Basically they leave it out there and uh, you walk by and you, you know, whatever cut you want, you they'll just cut in front of you. The guy's there with a the cleaver and he's just, he's ha- you know, this, the thing is half skinned yeah and he's literally just hacking, you know, you want this leg or that loin or I don't even know what the parts are. Yeah. Yeah, well, but I whichever just, part you want, it's all there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fabulous picture. Thought, wow, this is it, third world meat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was and, not uh, on ice. And and yeah, uh, you, you know, if you're talking Vietnam, I mean, a lot of the stores, like not not even stores, I mean, they're just stands. Uh, like you know how those little uh, little, uh, I guess, what, how do you call them? Carts where they sell popcorns or something. Yes. Yep. Yeah, they're kind of like those carts, and they just kind of hang meat out, mm-hmm. and it's ninety degrees, humid, ninety something degrees, <laughs> and it's there all day. <laughs> Dust. Yep. So, but that—that's where people buy their meat. Well, here we call it spice. There, it's called dust. Yeah. <laughs> Flavor particles. So. Anyway, back so lesson for uh, for those that enjoy it. By the way, we got a great a ton of positive feedback on the last two episodes <clears throat> with doing the episode with Chris as he was in Vietnam. So thank you for the feedback. Do appreciate that. Um, if I could figure out how to put that picture up on the website, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> you guys would get a kick out of seeing that. It's pretty pretty cool. 
But all right, so back to a bear market. Um, so we establish, you know, it's technically, or I guess if you want to use the de- letter of the law, is when it goes down 20%. <clears throat> In reality, it doesn't have to drop that far. Once stuff starts falling across the board, you, pretty, you get a pretty good feel for it. Once you can read charts, you can see it coming. Um, so, Chris, were you surprised that we're now in a bear market? We've seen it coming for quite no, some time. No, not at all. It's, right? I mean, um, the last bear market that we've seen was back in 2008, right? And so it's been about 10 years. And if you go back and study bear markets and when market, they have these cycles. And when we have these dips, um, every decade, you're going to see about one or two. And it's been about a decade, right? So, you know, we're kind of overdue. So here's another point about how to think. So, Chris, you make your living off your trading in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Are you nervous because we're in a bear market? No. Are you excited because we're in a bear market? More excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm not excited, but I know what it is. That's It's there. Yeah. But, you know, it's like say any, any emotions, it would be I see opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it yeah. doesn't scare you. It's more like, hey, mm-hmm. and, and to me, it's not afraid of it at all. <clears throat> and if there's excitement, it's only be- the excitement comes because the opportunities come at you faster. And so there's more opportunities. But it's not a lick your chops. It's not, you know, rub your hands other than it's like, oh, I don't, it's, if you ski, think, oh, I'm so used to skiing on, you know, nice, smooth, easy powder. And if you enjoy skiing, oh, I get to go through some moguls. Okay, that's fun. Um, but you still enjoy the ski. You're still looking for the same thing but not at all afraid of it. It's just the opportunities come at you faster. And so one thing I think it's key to or key to point out or key to notice is the two guys here talking make their living off their results in the stock market. And you have people that are working for a living that have money in a 401k and they are nervous as hell. And scared and you, you can start to see reactions on people. And yet you have two people that make their living on it and we're as calm as ever. It's just, it, it's actually more opportunities, maybe more excited than that the opportunities will be there, but not at all nervous. And so you'll notice as you get deeper into this, and or deep, not deeper into the bear, but deeper into the understanding of the how to think, this is where there's opportunity. And it's not anything to be afraid of, it's, it's opportunistic. Yeah, I think most people, um, when they trade, they tend to trade up. And mm-hmm. so... You know, when the market's coming down, they don't have a way to capitalize on the down. Correct. Because they don't know how. Yep. Um, And also, uh, when you're in a bear market, it could last, you know, a year or two, right? Um, Sometimes it could last longer. But uh, when you're only trading up and a bear market lasts that long, it it could wipe you out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, typically so seen, it's important to understand that. Yeah, typical bear market runs anywhere from about six months to 18 months. Uh, it's kind of the normal lifespan of it. Occasionally you'll see one that run a little bit longer, you know, two plus years. But we've been on... Well, that's an, rare. Yeah, and we've been on a monster bull. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how long this thing lasts. You know, if the, if the down is longer because we've run a longer upswing. So we'll have to see. Yeah, and it really depends on the, the percentage of the decline, too. Mm-hmm. Because if you go back and, and kind of study the, the the size of the decline, right, the last one was, was a huge one because it was, 
a time in the market that you know really even the people at the top were very nervous right yes. um and so we had a big huge sell-off a very overreaction right um i think it was like a 60 percent decline Correct. in the market yep and so it immediately kind of quickly rebounded right from those lows uh so it was shorter in duration and then back i think in 2000 during the dot-com when we had that it was about around 40 percent or so and it was a longer you know drawn down uh, decline yeah one of the things so, to, to point out on that too is that with that with if we're in, <clears throat> if when or when we are in a downward trend people go oh my gosh if you don't understand the stock market you think <clears throat> oh that's horrible you can't make any money and the reality is there's tons of opportunity to make money to the downside and it's interesting and the upside and the upside too but it's interesting when you get to somebody who has, for example, a real estate background, and if you were to say to them, hey, the real estate market's going to be on a, on a decline for a couple of years, and oh, no, and yet some of them will sell and go, oh, that's great, because they will look for somebody that uh, needs to get out of their property, and so they end up finding you know something that is undervalued, and then they sell it at a higher price. And so they're, they're running around looking for coal, coal that they can sell at the price of a diamond. But they're always trying to make money to the upside. And in the stock market, you don't have to worry about that. In the stock market, you make money going to the downside. And so as the as stock prices are falling, you're profiting. And you can do that either via shorting stock. I think we did an episode on that. You can go look through the show notes and you can find an episode on discussing that. You can also sell calls against existing holdings. And all a sell call is is basically renting your stock. Give somebody the it's kind of like a lease option to own, lease option to buy with real estate, but same concept with stocks. You own some shares and give somebody the right to buy it from you at a higher at a price, and in return for that, they pay you basically a premium, a rental fee. And if they choose to take it away from you, great, go buy it again, do it again. If they choose not to, terrific, you hold on to the rent and go find another tenant and do it again. And or you can make money off of puts. We talked about puts in an early epi- earlier episode as well. And puts basically are uh, a derivative that when the stock prices go down, puts in theory go up in value. So it's almost like insurance. And then if you have house insurance and your house is burning to the ground, your insurance suddenly becomes worth a lot more money. <clears throat> and so puts are the equivalent of insurance on stock. And so there are opportunities all over the place to profit from this if you know how, and if you know how to recognize it. And more importantly, if you know how to recognize and to think, view this not as a fearful time, but as an opportunistic time. There's a, there's a lot of ways to, to capitalize on the volatility and the moves um, during the bear market. And I think when you compare it to real estate, as we talked before, um, if you were to hold long-term companies mm-hmm. right? you're not selling we talked about storing money in these companies you're going to make money trading you're going to make money flipping homes you're going to make money in your job whatever you do where is that money going to sit where are you going to store it and so a lot of people tend to store it in real estate and they collect rent or they just store it in the home that they live in, right it's it's the house that they live in and it rises with um, inflation yeah and so 
in real estate when you know real estate has its cycle as well when it goes down you don't have the opportunity to buy insurance so that when the prices of your home goes down right the insurance pays out in the stock market what chris is talking about is you do get a chance to buy insurance those are called puts put contracts so they're contracts that give you the right to sell so when you buy the right to sell that right to sell at a certain price goes up in value when the price of the stock goes down you okay. might have to hit rewind a couple times on the podcast for that to make sense once that clicks Mm-hmm. you'll have a huge smile on your face. You realize, oh, that's why these guys are, are if they're excited, that's why they're excited in a down market. It's it's the same as talk about the real estate. If you own this insurance contract, mm-hmm. you the, the, the insurer right that you bought the contract from says, we will guarantee you the price of the home if something happens to it. Correct. And so if the value of the home you know, sinks for some reason, or it burns down, that contract becomes valuable. Yeah, the insurance. It's this. It's, it's, yep, the, it's same the same thing. thing in the stock market. That put contract becomes very valuable as the stock goes down in price. And the difference in the stock market versus real estate: if you own the real, you have to own the real estate to own the insurance. In the stock market, you can own the stock and own the insurance, but you don't have to own the stock. You can just buy the insurance. Yes, you could also just buy the insurance. So they're, uh, you know, they're 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 tradable instruments. So and you got to treat them separate as the separate from the stock. They're, they're one is not required for the other. Correct. We've mentioned in other podcasts, kind of the, the and unfortunately it happened this year. The story, you know, the the quintessential thing that happens in Southern California most years is we have a, a wet spring, a very dry summer, and then we get dry brush up in the hills. Then we get these Santa Ana winds that can blow in from the desert. They blow um, out over the ocean, brings in hot, dry air, and some homeless guy will spark a match up in the, the hills above Malibu and lights a fire, and it burns Malibu, you know, burns through Malibu, goes all the way to the ocean. And sadly, that happened this year. A lot of people lost a lot of homes. There were some lives lost. But the idea on that is if you own your home, you have insurance to protect against that. But it would be, it's its a sick way of thinking, but imagine if you didn't own the home, but just own the insurance. And you would be yeah, profitable. You see, you see that the, the, uh, the flames are coming and they're going to catch on some of these homes. You go in and you buy the insurance contract, right? Without the owning the house. Without owning the house. And, and without owning profit. the home, you just buy the, you pay for the, the contracts. Yep, and that's how it works in the stock market. It's a, it's a, Easy example explanation of how that works in the stock market. And Chris was talking earlier about, you know, you can trade that. You can also protect your holdings that you plan on holding for the long term. There's a, we haven't really talked about it, on the Investing from the Beach website, uh, investingfromthebeach.com, on the title page or the the homepage, about midway down, there's a thing on there that says, listen to a free audio. And I just had the uh, my web guy replace that. Used to, I would ask for your email in order for you to listen to the audio. And I realized I'm not sending anything out on email. I don't need to capture somebody's email. So we just made it as a free listen. You got a web guy? <laughs> <laughs> and a very good one. 
Yeah, he read, he, he, uh, he added some stuff to the website. You can click around on that website. You'll see some uh, stuff. He went in and oh, redid wow. some things, so it looks pretty nice. Congratulations um, on the new website. Yeah, the exactly. I finally, yeah. it took me about three years to say I was going to do it. I said I was going to get it done by the end of 2018, and I actually did. It got done at 6 p.m. on the 31st. So if it wasn't for the last minute, nothing would ever get done. But in there, you can. There's a free audio. It's a it's a 15 minute or so download, or you can listen to it on the site that talks about a money management strategy that Chris and I have used for years, and it explains things in really simple terms as far as uh, bucketizing money. <clears throat> and so it explains without getting into the calls and puts, but it explains the idea of how you park money in different accounts with different purposes. And that's available as a. Uh, what do you call it? No email address required. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna barrage you with stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe we could do an episode on you know just the money management piece. Uh, maybe some somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's a component of the operating system in trading. Yes. Yeah. Very important. So the other thing to think of with regard to a bear market is. The one, you know, if we look around and say, all right, who's the world's best investor? I think where I would point our fingers at Mr. Buffett. You notice we haven't heard any comments lately. Uh, it's early January as we're recording this. Will not surprise me at all if in the next 30 days, when Berkshire Hathaway has to report any large positions that they acquired, we're going to hear that Buffett made some purchases over the last few months. So while the world is panicking, Buffett is rolling up his sleeves and getting ready to go to work. And he's out there salivating, looking for opportunities amongst the uh, amongst the rubble. Yeah, I mean, within the last few years, you haven't heard much from Buffett, right? No, no, it's been very, yeah. very quiet. And if I recall, the last big, you know, item that I heard from him was back in, uh, when we had the recession uh, in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And he came in and, you know, Picked up a bunch of you know Goldman yep. uh, convertible shares, right? Yep, he did that. Yeah. I think he did a chunk of. I remember if he bought preferred. Into, it was that. Did he also buy into B of A? I can't remember. Um, it was that, or I don't know if B of A, but he got a lot of Goldman. Yes, he 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 lent like billions and billions of dollars into Goldman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they needed the cash, and it was at very attractive prices in terms. And that that was a time when everybody was, you know, scared and afraid and, you know, wasn't shortly after that that uh, the, the market bottomed. Yes. That after Buffett, you know, went in and bought. And so uh, what Chris is saying here about Buffett is I think in history what we've seen is, you know, Buffett is one of the best investors, if not the best, in, you know, in, in our lifetime here. Um he doesn't just come out anytime when there's opportunities you'll start seeing him yes and so uh, that's a good clue when you're seeing in the bear market right if you pay attention to the media you will get you know thrown all over you get scared um you're gonna not focus and focus on the opportunity that's actually in front of you but if you start noticing and paying attention to the guys that you know do it right like buffett you will start to see them come out and talking about buying things. If you can, or, or or buying things, you know, yeah. in the news they'll they'll come out. You'll see their face more in the uh, in, in in the market. If you know how to read charts, 
once they make the announcement of what if if Buffett bought, um, I've gone back and looked at this. It doesn't work the same as when he adds to a position, but when he takes on a new position in a company, if you go look at the charts on that, you will be you'll see a very similar pattern to like 90 percent of the purchases he makes for the first big purchase. The charts look very similar. It's uncanny, and I just I stumbled on that a couple of years ago and went back and looked and I'm like, wow, look at that. Now, it doesn't mean when you see a chart that Buffett's going to go buy it because I don't know which what, what candidates he's thinking of or what, what he has his eyes on. <clears throat> but when you see what he has purchased and you go back and look and you think, oh, wow, look at that. It's a very similar chart formation. And you see it again and again and again. Now, I'm not saying he uses charts. I have no idea what he uses, but it, it's it's very curious. I'll just leave it at that. The other thing, too, <clears throat> talking about, you know, if we tell that we're in a bear market and and that, Chris, what kind of fear are you seeing from people that you know that are not involved in the stock market? I don't actually, uh, actually, a lot of people aren't even aware if they're not involved in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in 2008, nine, people who aren't aware or aren't involved in the stock market, they were aware. They knew. <laughs> right. And- um and then the market kind of bottomed out quickly. But uh, right now, if I were to say, you know, there's not a lot of fear yet. No, I was going to say there's yeah. not enough fear for us to say that we're at the end of a bear. Mm-hmm. Nowhere close. And I can gauge that just based on what I saw and the interaction with people I had at Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of people that know I'm involved in the market came up just to talk. But uh, in prior times, the whole room would come over to talk. Yeah. And this time... People were just oblivious to it. And you think, all right, there's not enough fear yet. It's just a start, yeah. Yep, exactly. It's just beginning. <clears throat> yeah, and usually just, that's yeah. that's how it is, is the you know, when people are so uh fearful, right, that's typically a sign that the market's kind of bottomed or about to bottom. Um, when people are so uh I guess not fearful, right? Um, about the stock market. They're very enthusiastic, everyone you know, it's not afraid of the stock market. They want to buy. That's the sign that the market's topping. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. Yeah. So if people yeah. are coming up to you all over the place and saying, oh, the market's great, market's great, market's great. Yep. We're getting and we near saw that with Bitcoin. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was actually a, you know, a brother right? uh-huh. of the stock market. It's giving you an early sign. Look, people aren't afraid. They're throwing dollars in this stuff. Yeah. If everybody and their brother is turning into a billionaire that quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're near a top. Yeah, and we saw that back in two thousand when people were throwing money in stocks that didn't make money. Yes, yep. There's just there's no business model, nothing. It just had a dot com at the end. Mm-hmm. That's so and that's when you started. You know, something uh, crypto in yes. your name. <laughs> well, there was a I haven't no one's talked about it. It was about a year ago, I guess, right about the time that Bitcoin was topping out. <clears throat> I don't remember the guy's name. He might have started a. Um, a Bitcoin competitor, whatever it was. But mm-hmm. this guy's net worth, I think, was number three in the world. If he had cashed out on the value of his Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever it was that he had. His I remember net, reading something about that. Huh? Yeah, his net worth yeah. was just below Gates and Buffett. It was like 50, 50, I think it was in the 50 billions. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I think, oh, I, you know, I wonder how much he's held on to. Mm-hmm. But, and, and prior to, and I think that ran up within just a couple of years. So he, you know, it's one thing to hit the lottery, 
you know, where you go from not having any money to suddenly you've got a few million dollars mm-hmm. to <laughs> not having much and not just a billion, but, you know, 50 of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, at, at that point, my suggestion, Chris, if, if you ever do that, I'm going to yell at you. I will go on Kramer's show and I'll push the button. It'll say, sell, 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 sell. <laughs> Get the hell out. Take it. Cash but it man, in. I could make another $50 billion. Yeah, you sure could. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to change my life. Yeah, take, your fi- take your first $50 billion and then go f- figure out how to make the next 50 Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be so poor going from fifty billion down to one billion. Yep, <laughs> that'll sting. But so on the bear market piece, we're not. I don't believe we're my opinion, if you will. We're not seeing enough fear yet to say no. that this thing is anywhere close to being done. And uh, maybe you should uh, say your disclaimer. Uh, that's so funny. I was just thinking that. I was like, <laughs> oh, you want to do the disclaimer this time? You want me to? Um, I can take an attempt, but I think you're really good at it. You Uh, should just do it. All right. So just so you know, Chris and I are both unemployed, gainfully and willingly unemployed, which means uh, we don't have a license. In order to dispense financial advice, uh, you have to be licensed by the, who is it? SEC? SEC. Yeah, SEC and or the state. Um, Since we don't even know who's supposed to license us, clearly we are not licensed. (laughs) We are not qualified to give any kind of financial suggestions, advice, whatever. The show is strictly for entertainment and education purposes only. If we knew what we were doing, you know, by all means, we certainly might be employed. We're not, so we clearly don't have any kind of clue at all. So whatever kind of stuff we talk about, by all means, go talk to an able-bodied employed person that has passed all kinds of licensing tests and can talk to you with a big smile and all kinds of disclaimers on their forms. We're just trying to dispense a little bit of education, a little bit of wisdom, and hopefully a little bit of humor mixed in there as well. But by all means, go talk to somebody who's licensed, who knows what they're doing. Because the two of us are unemployed, making a living in the stock markets. We clearly don't have any idea what the hell we're doing. So don't listen to us. Anything I left out? Nope, I think you covered up, uh, or you said we're idiots, we're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, one of us is an idiot, one of us is good looking. <laughs> the good looking one's an idiot. So, and I well, guess we established that you're smart, so I'm, I am the idiot, then I'm talking more, so do not Well, you said one of us is smart and good, or, and the other one's good, good looking, looking, but, uh, you know, you didn't say idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we are idiots, so if you listen to us, you can't, you know. You don't can't blame, blame us. us. Nope, don't blame us. We have no clue. <clears throat> All right, so there's a disclaimer. It's only about halfway into the podcast. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, you you were talking about the fear part, and you know we're not seeing that fear with the stock market. No, not enough. Um, but you know, on the flip side, think about Bitcoin, right? And you remember when you know there was no fear. Uh, about Bitcoin, everybody was just, you know, the, the sky's, you know, the limit mm-hmm. with Bitcoin, you know, or it's not even the limit. It, it's just going to go on forever. Correct. So everybody decided to throw their whole life savings into it. At that time, it's giving you signs where there's there's a bubble here. There's It's peaking out. Yes. Right. And then now you hear no one talking about it. Mm-hmm. So if you were a Bitcoin investor, you were someone who wants to buy Bitcoin, this is the time. You're, this is the time. If I'm a Bitcoin Buffett, yes, this is where you see Buffett. Yes, come out and go. Yeah, let's go look at some Bitcoin right now, right? Some cryptocurrency. 
because no one's talking about it. Everyone's fearful. So you kind of wait. You want to wait for that moment in the stock market where, you know, everybody's afraid to buy. No one's talking about buying up stocks. Now, don't read into that saying you should go buy Bitcoin. But exactly. It's that, yeah, we're saying, not saying if Bitcoin. you were a Bitcoin, you know, if if you saw the stock market or like Bitcoin or Bitcoin like the stock market. Yes. Right. Or or if you were in real estate, it's the same way. You back in two thousand nine and ten eleven, no one wanted Correct. to hold any real estate. That's the time you buy. That's the time you go and look. Yeah, when there's blood in the streets and everyone, if you were to mention to somebody who's uninformed that you were thinking of buying real estate, they'd look and you go, are you nuts? Mm-hmm. And if you tell someone now you're thinking about buying stock, the people that are in the know might look at you a little bit sideways and say, you sure about that? The people that aren't in the know wouldn't have an opinion, which is a contraindicator to say we're not at the bottom yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't bottomed out. Also, if you go back and look, if you study bear markets, <clears throat> bear markets or uh, bull markets, when they end, they're very volatile. And bear markets, when they end, are very calm. And we are not in a calm market at this point. If you go back and study these, and you'll see that over and over and over again over time. That's a good point. Yeah, and so we're still in volatile times. That That's another clue that we're not at the bottom at the end of a bear anywhere close to it it's way too volatile at this point what else you got there obi-wan uh so as far as bear market or anything well i mean uh, raise cash you know it's not from experience it, it makes sense right to have cash uh have capital that you could come in and, and take advantage right with the uh, market at the press prices uh, when it's, they start lifting and the new bull market cycle starts again. And that's a key. It's all, we're not saying go buy right now. We're saying when. Well, you the, have to learn. Exactly. You, you have to you, learn. But you'll find Everything that, requires education first before you go and do it. But you'll find that when the market drops and then as it starts, do not try and buy it at the bottom because you'll never know what the bottom is. You'll wait for it to lift a little bit. And then as it looks like it's established, now it's starting to rise. That's when you would look for opportunities. But you have to have experience to know that, right? Exactly. You can't that's, just go, oh, it's starting to rise. That's, that, those <laughs> words did not come from a book. Let me pro- <laughs> I absolutely promise you. That comes from uh, decades of doing this and burning my fingers on the stove way, too, way more times than I can count. But you have to learn to, you got to go through one of these probably at least twice, if not three times, before you start to recognize it. You know, Even these little tidbits that we're sharing here on the podcast, I wish somebody would have said that to me when I was starting mm-hmm. out. It's absolutely, You have no idea, the, without patting ourselves on the back, you have no understanding of the wisdom of that if you've not been through one of these things yet. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, this, this information is invaluable. I think that's why we wanted to put this on the podcast. Um, because no one did it for us, right? And uh, it, it's not something that you get to experience very often. Um, I mean, we talked about every decade you get once, you know, once or twice, and the first time that you you live through it, you're not going to understand. You just it's just going to go by you. Mm-hmm. And then if you are in the arena, meaning that's your area of expertise, or you're studying, you, you're right. You you'll put some time and you learn about it. And so the second time, you may have some awareness, but you, you're not sure how to execute, how to do anything with it. You, you still, still might surprised. be nervous. Yep. Yeah. 
and then that could be two decades, you know? Yes, exactly. When you get a third chance, right? And that's and assuming so you did it correctly the first rare. time. And that's assuming you did it correctly and understood it the first time. Yep, yep, and, and you weren't damaged by it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing is you learn going through this, you learn to embrace the volatility. Um, it's not something that you fear. You actually look for it and look forward to it. That doesn't mean across your entire portfolio. If you go listen to that, the page I was talking about earlier um, on the Investing from the Beach website, there are different buckets of money. You know, there's one bucket of money where it's it's kind of a Buffett-esque um, approach where the idea is, you know, buy and hold it forever. And there's other buckets of money where you're looking for the volatility and you're making money off the up and down movements. And so you learn to embrace the volatility. So whether the market's rising, you can catch it there. If it's falling, you do it that way. And that puts you in a much more calm state of mind. But you have to learn it, study it, and go through it a couple times in order for that to make sense, for that to really become um, kind of how you identify. And part of just, it's, it's what you do. It's almost part of your DNA. And yeah, I think it's the understanding that helps you not be fearful, and then you see the opportunity. So, you know, as much as we tell you what we see, you have to have the understanding, you have to have the education around that and experience for you to recognize it. Yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> I use the analogy with people a lot. It's, I equate it to swimming. I can tell you how to swim um, and, you know, tell you all the, the, whether you're just starting out or whether you're an advanced swimmer, I can give you some tips and pointers and all all that, but if you're just starting out, and I'm telling you how to swim, it's not going to make any sense at all until you're wet, and until you've got some water, you've sucked some water up your nose, and you've coughed and choked a little bit. And now, when you hear somebody describe, you know, here's how you move your arms, here's how you turn your face, here's how you do this, that, or the other, now it makes more sense. But just reading about it in the book, and you've never been on the water, reading about it on dry land, it absolutely makes no sense at all. And so this is a, uh, the stock market's a very experiential beast. You've got to, you can't just read a book about it. You start off reading, you practice a little bit, and then you start off with a very small amount of money. And you get to now experience what they're talking about. You know, what's interesting is one of the guy that, guys that we know, you know, mutual friend, mm -hmm. um, and I think he, he told you that the main reason why he, you know, he didn't have really much experience in the stock market at all. And the main reason why he chose to go learn it and, um, was because he didn't feel comfortable back in 2008 and nine in knowing what to do okay. right, with that and, and, and that opportunity. And so it would be interesting for you to go back to him and ask him, because within the last few years, he's been studying this. Yes. You know, and see how does he feel going through it now? Does he recognize right, mm -hmm. what the market is in front of him? It'll be interesting, you know. And, and what's, what's neat about that is, is um, you know, if, if, <laughs> if you spend some time and you prepare, you know, there will be another bear market. There will be more opportunities to come. Mm -hmm. But you have to put in that time. And for those that have done it in the last few years, you know, you, you, they'll go through this bear market, um, you know, very comfortably. Yeah, without fear. Yeah. 
and, and coming out with very good success, right? Uh, yes. <clears throat> or maybe even they may not be wildly successful at it, but they're learning, but they're not going to get burnt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you, I'm scratching my head thinking, who's he talking about? <laughs> who's he talking about <laughs> running through my mental Rolodex? Like, uh, I don't know who it is. I'm not sure who it is. And I'm sure, I'm sure the, the name will pop into my face. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Think of that's this. the guy that uh, that told you to do this podcast, man. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yep, yeah. yep. <clears throat> and so that's true. Yeah, right, so that's how he, how he met you. Yep. He was in search of of knowledge. Yes. Yeah. About what to do in the next right bear market. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. So he'll be listening to this in the next couple of days, and he'll be smiling, going, "Hey." Hey. I'm I'm kind of yeah. almost famous. And he's like, we have a bear market. <laughs> <laughs> it's not twenty percent, Chris. If he says that, he's buying me dinner the next time I get together with him. <laughs> so, but no, that's a good point. And uh, along those, you know, just along those lines in the how to think, he's also gotten his kids into this, right? and his kids are taken to this like uh, like a duck to water. They're loving it, and they mm-hmm. see the opportunity, and not just you know, not just a bear market or a bull market, but just the whole concept of how to make money work. And how neat is that? He just kind of finished college, right? Oh yeah. And and you're getting an opportunity to you know to sit through and learn about this bear market, mm-hmm. right? At that age, yes, it's pretty neat. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It'll be. I'm. I'm really. I. I don't know if I'll make it to. You know, he's. What is he? About thirty. He's old enough, young enough to be my kid, right? So he's what twenty something. So he's thirty years younger than I am. I don't think I'll make it to a hundred, but it would be cool to see where he ends up at about year age seventy. You know, with uh, you know forty mm-hmm. fifty years of doing this. Yeah. Oh, that's that's uh, powerful. It'd be really really neat to see. So, son, if you're looking, just remember that one that you know when you have your sixth kid, <clears throat> you know the very last one you can name him Chris. he'll say it'll be a it's 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 after chris lamb (laughs) i'm okay with that that's all right i'll catch him on you know i'll catch him in the next life going hey you you, you give him the middle name of hansen then i don't put this lamb you say christopher yeah exactly there you go but no that'll i'm really excited to see what he will what he's got in front of him as he gets you know a few more decades of experience under his belt Mm mm-hmm That'd be cool to see. So he can remember that and, you know, go through uh, go through a few dozen roses on my grave, wherever that may be, 80 years from now. <clears throat> the other key point on that in dealing with the bear market, um, there are lots of people that come out of the woodwork pushing strategies as to how to be profitable in the market in a bull market. And they talk about just buy stock and sell covered calls against it excuse me, just renting out your stock. That strategy works great when you're in an up market. And the minute you start to roll over, that strategy gets incredibly ugly and people go, I won't say bankrupt, but they definitely take a big hit to their net worth in that. And the challenge with that is because they're focused on, it's an app. It's not an operating system. And so they're using just a single trading strategy that looks like it works great when the market is trending in one direction. But when it starts to roll over the other way, and if you don't see it coming, you're still trying to work this 
strategy against this big wall of water that's washing over you and you drown. Yeah, and sometimes you yeah, you 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 die from drowning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you don't come back. Nope, and you get annihilated. And so the bigger message on that is you have to have the overall operating system. And then selling covered calls is an app. Buying puts is an app. Um, all those things are various apps in the overall operating system, the strategy of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. If, yeah, and the, uh, you talked about the <clears throat> having the money management piece in there, mm-hmm. and that will protect you from getting annihilated. Yes. Right, if you have a money management uh, you know, methodology. So if you're unsure of what we're talking about, first go listen to that money management page on the website. It's about a think of it like a 15 20 minute podcast. I don't I don't think you I don't think I included you on that. I think that was just me talking that one through one day. And then also go listen to one of the earlier episodes we called it um, operating system. I think it's like episode number 4 or 5. I can't I recall. Feel left out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you won't even do the disclaimer. <laughs> Come on, man. I can't, I can't I'd be happy to include you if you would just do the damn <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> I got left out. (laughs) I'm an idiot. He's an idiot. If you listen to us, you're an idiot. (laughs) There's the disclaimer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Knows nothing and does nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You got your choice. So let's see. What other, uh, since you're the smart one today, what other stuff we want to chatter on? I think I think um, you know, th- like again, the topics that we talk about, you know, we we address it because we think it's important. It's something that you know it's worth having down, and something you can go and listen to it over and over, um, and and take advantage of the information. Like we said, the 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 bear market doesn't come very often, right? Um, I see it as a, it's like going shopping, right? You know mm-hmm. what you want to buy. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes in the year, or or you know the years, you get holiday sales. Okay, yep. it could be Fourth of July, it could be you know Thanksgiving, it could be Christmas sale, it could be Memorial Day, whatever it is. You have these holiday sales; they're smaller. And then once in a while, you you get this like clearance sale. Yes. Right. These are the bear markets. Yes. And, and it doesn't happen all the time. And so when you recognize them, right, they provide very good opportunities to, you know, buy in in something that has been on a, a nice sale uh, and, and could be heading higher, you know, for the next bull market, which can last years, right, five years, maybe 10. We've seen, you know, this, this last one here, 10 years. Yep. Right. And it's you're buying something that you've you've been wanting to buy. Right, you're getting it at a very low price, so um, it's it's uh, it's it's very important to plan for. Don't let it go by. Right, uh, take this time and opportunity to do the homework, go study it, go learn it, right, and make sure you're comfortable with uh, you know navigating through it. I was explaining that exact concept, <clears throat> excuse me, to my mom a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was using the same thing, saying, say, you know, said we're in a bear market. She kind of looked at me and said, all it means is prices are down. And, so, you know, eventually there will be an opportunity to buy some stuff mm-hmm. at a good price. 
And she kind of looked a little sideways trying to just process it. And I said, Mom, think of it this way. And my mom is not into the stock market at all. I said, if she you like go- shopping. Yeah. I said, you know, if you go into the grocery store, um, even before we walked in, you could probably tell me how much bananas normally are per pound or how much apples might be or a loaf of bread or milk or whatever it is that you're buying. She said, yeah. And I said, so if bananas are normally, let's say, 50 cents a pound, if you saw them and now they're at uh, the store for 45 cents or 40 cents, you would recognize that as being a deal. She said, yeah. I said, but the only way you know that is because you've shopped enough to recognize that bananas typically are, are 50 cents. And if it's 45, it's a really good deal. Or if it's 45, mm-hmm. it's a deal. But if you saw them for 35 or even 20 cents, yeah, you would recognize that. But you'd have to spend some time shopping. And to recognize, you know, bananas usually range from 45 to 55 cents. Mm-hmm. I said, it's the same thing with businesses. You get an idea as to what they normally are valued at. And, and it's not a P to E ratio. It's not a book value. It's a different way of, of looking at a business and you can look at it and say, Oh wow, these are on sale. And now the prices are starting to rise. Now that's when we jump in. I said, so it's the same concept except rather than buying a consumable item, you're buying a business, something you want to own for a period of time, whether it's a forever or as a shorter-term trade, you hold it for, you know, if you want a day trade, you hold it for minutes to hours. If you want to hold it for, you know, days to weeks to months or lifetime, you have the opportunity to do any and all of those. Mm-hmm. And she kind of looked, she went, oh, I get it. Yeah. Said, but you have, to, you have to have put in a lot of time to recognize what the value is or what the normal value is of something and to say, oh, that really is undervalued at this point. And it is. Yeah, I mean, sale. you, you got to be at the grocery store a lot, right? Yes, that's exactly it. And grocery store in our case would be you got to be studying the stock market. Mm-hmm. And it's not just going to the store one Saturday and say, oh, okay, I remember the, you know, you write down the prices of bananas. Yeah. Then you go back two weeks later and they're cheaper and go, that's a deal. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And, and same thing, if I'm going to be buying these bananas to, you know, basically to store them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I will buy them throughout the, you know, when I need to buy them, when it makes sense. Mm hmm. But when I see a, a nice sale, I will probably pick up some more I'm right? and, up. and a little bit more than yes. I normally do. Yep. Right. As an example of that, you don't see Mr. Buffett, out, Buffett going out and buying 100 shares of ABC stock. Right. When mm-hmm. he buys, he buys billions worth. Yeah. So he makes a big splash. That's a good analogy, by the way. Which one? Mr. Buffett or mom's? You know, mom your banana. Bananas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except that bananas have a short shelf life, so there's, it's not quite the best thing. They, they, well, it's just more the, the concept. kind of the mindset behind that, right? You, yes. You, you have to, 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 to be able to recognize. How do you recognize when they're, they're, they're at low prices? You, you have to be, be buying bananas. Yes. Right? If somebody doesn't know, they don't know mm-hmm. right? if it's a good deal or not. You want to wrap it up? I was just going to say, as I'm listening to this, I was like, man, I really wish somebody would have, I, I wish this, somebody would have told me this 20 <clears> years ago when I was learning to trade. Yeah. It's just uh, like, oh, gold stuff. But nonetheless. This is the mindset. Yeah. This, yeah, this is exactly it. This is truly the piece that people miss and they don't recognize it until they're deep into it and go, oh, that's what I've been missing. So, as always, we know that if you'll. Uh, well, before you get into that. You, uh, there was a quote I wanted to mention that I think you put on 
uh, was it in your newsletter or something? Okay. Uh, it had to do something with I'm not sure who who wrote it, but it said kind of be careful uh, about what you think about because it, it I guess it determines or it leads it to your actions. Yes. Right, and then be careful about your actions because it it leads to or it determines your habits. Mm-hmm. And then it be, then you know watch your habits because it determines your character. Yep. Right, and ultimately your character determines your your life, your destiny. Your destiny. Right. Yep. So I thought that was really good, and and you think about it. Uh, what was the first part? Your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And what are we talking about in this episode or this? podcast right podcast. it's, it's how to thinking think. it's yeah thinking. it's it's the thoughts it's, it's all in your head it's your mindset so it starts with that it's how to think it, it all boils back down to your thoughts right and and what's in your head and then that generates feelings and actions and then eventually right the outcome of your life yes yeah yeah it all everything it's over, overstated but everything counts yeah and it's, so I thought it was a neat, you know, kind of a neat quote. I remember reading it, and then, and then it, it, it made me think, oh yeah, that's that's exactly why that's we talk we about how to think. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what we do. So this 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 uh, whole episode here, we have a lot of how to think components related to the bear market. So my suggestion for the listener: go back and listen to this one again, because there there truly are a lot of we we're not trying to be secretive in in sharing stuff. There's a lot of really, really good knowledge and wisdom that is in this. Um, if you listen to it again right away or come back in a week or so and listen to it again and see what sinks in differently. And if the bear market continues to last, come back and listen to this again You know, a few weeks, few months from now. And what we talk about, you can see those things happening in the market. And it's something you want to uh, kind of keep front and center in your mind, if you will, going forward. Now can sure, I if my... the market gets more violent, then uh, you know we'll, we'll have some more discussions in the coming episodes. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So with that, kind of, kind of the way I always wrap up all the episodes anyway, <clears throat> we know that what we talk about in, in this episode and in prior episodes is very helpful and actually critical to get you on the way and to the ultimate goal of reaching time freedom. We've done it ourselves. We've taught others how to do it it's not crap it's this is real life experience not something you can read in a book and we firmly believe it and we know that if you'll put it into practice it can help you as well and once you reach that wonderful goal of time freedom what you'll find is as you're going down the path it's there's not a lot of people on the road it's a really lightly traveled road a lot of people say they want to do it but most people will not put in the effort and so you'll find it it doesn't take much effort to get you started and very quickly you're head and shoulders above the masses and you see things a lot more clearly and once you get to that point we signify that as what i call tuesday waves and tuesday waves are you know you go to the day you can go to the beach on weekends with everybody else and the waves sound as they sound when you're able to go midweek on a tuesday There's nobody around, and the waves sound incredibly different and much, much sweeter to the ears. And you want to get to the point where you have the opportunity to listen to Tuesday Waves, because that is really the way to go. Um, If you need to reach us or have comments or suggestions for us, want to reach us, I guess you don't need to if you want to reach us, you can hit us on the website, uh, investingfromthebeach.com. There's a contact page. 
there's a book list. There's some other stuff up there around the tabs. You can click around, find some interesting things. You can also just send us an email directly, uh, investingfromthebeach at gmail. We answer the cards and letters that come in. If you want to leave us something on voicemail, love to hear from you there. The phone number is 747-24-BEACH. <clears throat> on a 747 airplane, 24 hours, it be any beach in the world. It's 747-242-3224. And if you need us to call you back, uh, leave your number. I know I shared with you, Chris, a guy called um, a few months ago, and I didn't realize I had, I go through the messages regularly, and I had skipped this one. I don't know why. And I just called him out of the blue. He's uh, he's probably listening to this one. He's out of, um, outside of Austin, Texas. And he didn't say where he was from, but I recognized on his phone number the uh, the area code, and I knew it was the Austin area. It was a Saturday, so I just thought, you know, I can't believe I didn't call this guy back, you know, a few weeks before when he had called. So I just dialed the phone number. <clears throat> and he answered, and I said, hey, don't hang up. I said, I think you'll recognize this voice. And all of a sudden, he was like, oh, honey, 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 hold the baby. Hold the baby. Hold the baby. It's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> It was, a, it was funny to think, wow, dude, you got to get a life, man. <laughs> it's, it's just hey, at least he me. didn't drop the baby. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, I laughed about that. So, so uh, I won't even name your name, but listener in Austin or just outside of Austin, thank you for that. I've been laughing about that for weeks. That was a very, very cool reaction. But if, uh, if you've got questions or, or comments for us, I'd be happy to uh, chat with you about it or maybe put you on an upcoming episode. We put some, put some questions out there. You do it that way. You can tell your mom you make grown men cry now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can take that so many different ways. I'm not going to even <laughs> even touch that one. Anyway, as always, we appreciate your time. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll speak with you next time. <laughs>